Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode. The music that you're hearing is from my friend Ryan Allwart. Super grateful for him letting us use this music each week for the show. This week, I got the chance to sit down with some friends of mine who lead worship at our church here in Bowling Green, Crossland Community Church. Aside from leading worship, last year they started a group at our church called The Call, and the goal has been to bring 18 to 30-somethings together and build a community. We talked about how they got the idea for this and why there's such a need for community in this age bracket, as well as what we see God doing with our generation and what some of the biggest challenges are that we are facing as a generation. It was such an uplifting and encouraging conversation, and I love the fire that my church has for God in this community, and I love the way these guys are approaching this new year in terms of building a community here. Like seriously, if you are an 18 to 30 something living in the Bowling Green area, we would love to see you come every other Monday to Crossland Community Church for the call. You will hear so much more about it in this conversation. And so I'm really glad that you're tuning in, especially if you live in this area. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here is my conversation with my friends, Tyler Lindsay, Savannah Smith, and Cameron Federico from Crossland Community Church. Just give me a mic. Give me a mic. Push pop Flintstone. Think, think something wrong for making that man. Chinese. We got Cam over here uh, adjusting the audio, so that's good. So if you ever, if it does start spiking or whatever, yeah. He'll know what to do. I got my producer next to me. Really, of the two people over here, that's who you choose. Sav will yell the whole time. Tell him why. I just feel like it's hard. I will go for my. There's a reason. I'll start here and then. I'm deaf in my right ear, so I just talk extra loud. Okay. All right, well, guys, uh, let's have you guys introduce yourselves because people that are listening may not know your voices. They see, you, they might see you, like on stage at Crossland, or people that are listening that don't go to Crossland, they have no idea who you are. So introduce yourselves and let the listeners know who you are. Uh, yeah, I'm Tyler Lindsay. I'm the worship pastor here at our uh, Crossland Community Church Bowling Green campus. I'm Savannah Smith, and I'm the director of connections here at Crossland. Uh, I'm Cameron Federico, and I'm the director of worship technology here. We call him director of everything that nobody else wants to do. <laughs> Cameron does all the rest so of it. Something goes wrong. Something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. We are making it work with two microphones because the uh, new microphone I bought is not compatible with all the other ones that I have. So we're going to make it work. So uh, if the audio is bad at some point, blame it on Cameron. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, guys, this is coming out on Monday, and that's the restart of the call for the new year. Just explain what the call is, how you guys came up with the idea, and why uh, why it's so necessary for our generation. Yeah, man. So this uh, happened, honestly, a year and a half ago. Now, uh, me, Cam, um, Savannah, my wife, Dina, a couple of our friends, Aaron um, and Stuart Iverson, both same last name. Uh, Lindsay Spicer, uh, I may be leaving some people out. Uh, Sarah, Jasper. Sarah Jasper. Yeah, a couple of our friends that we just kind of hang out with and do life with. We went down to the belonging in Nashville for those who are familiar with that. Um, and we went and I was just, we were all were just sitting there and we were just worshiping and we were in the moment. And we all literally had the same eye-opening moment and I just love how the spirit works and we were like man we need this in our town like we need something like this like there's no reason for us to drive an hour to come experience something that we could experience in our own town you know and we were in the car coming back and we were all just like man what if we brought something like this to Bowling Green like what would that do what would that look like and we all started looking up names and we were coming back in two separate cars trying to text back and forth to come up with names and stuff and we just felt like God was calling us to start something in Bowling Green that was like the belonging where it's just it's spirit led 
a little bit longer worship, um, motivating and challenging theological sound teaching um, in time of prayer and just time of growing as believers with people in our age range, you know, and in our generation. And yeah, we just started brainstorming and all those people that I mentioned bring these incredible different aspects of what the talents God's given them together from worship leading to worship technology to being creative with advertisements and creative with different things like that. And we just came up with this ministry, man, with, with the slogan and the call stems from a word kaleo um, in the Greek. And it talks about um, a higher calling on your life. And you see in the New Testament, Paul uses this a lot. And what I love about that is think about what Paul came from, you know, Saul to Paul and that change in his life. And so we felt like that's what we were. We're, We are called to something higher in our lives. And so we combined the Greek word kaleo, shortened it to call and added the English word with an L, you know, and did call K-A-L-L. And that's kind of where the whole name comes from. And yeah, we felt like our generation is just missing that opportunity to build community with people who believe the same way that you do. And because and we've realized that at the end of the day, we've we've kind of become a minority with our beliefs, you know, because it's not the cool thing anymore mm-hmm. to believe and to go to church and to be plugged in with people that believe the same way that you do. And we were like, we need that. And we know that we can build that. I mean, we have this beautiful s- facility here at Crossland and um, we felt like that's where it needed to happen. And, you know, and here we are a year and a half later done this for a whole year and the life change that we've seen and been a part of and the community that has grown and the friendships that we've been able to develop and the conversations that I've been able to have even with people after service of man like I needed this like I needed to be I felt alone I felt like I was on an island which we all feel that way sometimes Mm -hmm. you know we feel like we're doing this this walk of Christianity by ourselves sometimes or with like our spouse or with just a few friends and we were like man we need that like we gotta have that and um seeing how we've grown over the past year and a half is just, it's dumb. Like, it really makes no sense. And I think even some of the friendships that have come out of it makes no sense. Like, we were talking before we even started this, that God goes before. He's Mm -hmm. already gone before. He's already laid the groundwork when he created us. Like, he knew we were going to be sitting here doing this and talking about these things. And I fully believe that he is so pleased with what we've been able to do because that was his plan, and that was what he wanted for us. And we just put it into action, you know, and... um, it's been incredible to see how God's moved and see how God's worked. And even in our own lives, like for us, like I feel like God has convicted me more in the past year than maybe he ever has in my life, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because of having people like this in my life who push me, who make me teach. Like, for example, like I never taught. Like I could I could teach with a guitar on all day long, but you take that guitar off. It's not like Forrest Gump with that. Exactly. <laughs> right, man. Um, yeah, my accent comes a real bad. And seeing how God's pushed me, of like Tyler you have a different calling on your life than just singing you know and I was like no that's it that's all I got like that's all you gave me here and seeing how God's pushed me to to teach and to do that and seeing Savannah even teach some and seeing the way that Cam's led on and off the stage has just been remarkable to see and and that's why I know we're doing what God's called us to do you know and because he's worked it out and he has gone before and um, I took the long way around to get here, but it wouldn't be me if I didn't. So um, it's been incredible, man. It's been a beautiful experience for us, and, and I'm just so excited to see what 2020 is going to be. And I've told th- these guys this and my wife and people, I just I feel like 2020 is going to be different. Like I feel like we're about to take the roof off this place. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like God is going to work. I feel like he – I feel like he's really just getting started. I mean, we are a brand new baby ministry, you know, and to see the kind of change that we've already seen makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And But that's the way God works, you know what I mean? Like he does things that makes no sense because that's who he is, yeah. and that's where he shines, you know. And 
Um, I think 2020 is about to be nuts, and I hope you and your wife come and get involved. I want you guys to serve. I want you to be here. And she said Savannah already talked to her about it. I Good. Did. See, yeah. that's what I mean. And we need people like that, man. Of of people who believe the way that we do and who just want to see people change. Like, that's all we want to see. And we want to see a community around us. Like, that's all we want. You know, we've had coffee before. That's all we want. You yeah. know, we want people to, to hold us accountable and to push us. And that's, I think, I think that's what we're doing. I think we're going to see so much acceleration and growth this year. And I just, I really can't wait. Yeah. So, yeah. I think too, we didn't want to create just another college ministry. Like while those yeah. are great, um, you know, we're really close to Western's campus. And so, we see a lot of those in a lot of different churches. I and mean, even Crossland is like, kind of try that out. But I think we did this 18 to 30s because there is this transition period of um, whether you're like toward the end of college or coming out of college, and there's really nothing for yeah. you. Like there is nothing for you to get involved in or to connect to. And so it's weird. And so you need people to like a community to come around you, to love on you, and to kind of walk with you through whatever you're going through. And so that's why we did 18 to 30 because while, yes, we want college students because – they're awesome, and we want to learn and love on them too. We want those adults that just feel stuck in the in-between as well. So yeah. that was like a, a big goal for us because we were all out of college. Um, that friend group that kind of came up with the idea, we, we weren't in college, and so we're like, there's nothing for us. And so that's kind of where that, that age mm-hmm. range came in. So, What's been your biggest takeaway since the call started, Cam? Uh, I think they pretty much covered everything. So. <laughs> uh, no, like, I mean, like Tyler was saying, or they said, I mean – we, we just felt that, that that something that was missing, and it's just been a huge, you know, we'll talk about this later, but, like, you you brought up, you know, earlier, you know, finding a place to, to rest, and it's funny that we're adding this thing to our week, our work week. This is just one of those times for me where it's, like, I get to hang out with a bunch of people, a bunch of our closest friends, right. a bunch of people our age, and just find community and just hang out. Um, so it's just been such a, you know, a refresher um, during the weeks for us and I know a bunch of other people have come here they just say they can't I can't wait to come on the call just because it's a break from our everyday of working and school and all that stuff just to be able to come in here um, and be with like-minded people and just to let go and just worship is just such a you know refreshing experience for people so what are some of the biggest challenges that our generation is facing right now so I don't know necessarily that the call is going to answer all of those challenges but mm-hmm. I think being in community with people can do so much for our walk with Jesus and our personal lives as other believers Mm -hmm. that it's a good start. You know, whenever you're constantly around people or just having like, hey, I know every two weeks I'm going to be able to be with people that I love to be with. Not that you can't do that in between, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you have a time set aside each every or every other Monday to do that. You know, what is uh, from your guys's perspective are some things that maybe it's own personal experience, but what are some things that are challenging our generation particularly as it pertains to our faith i think i think a huge thing is we have our identity skewed in the wrong ways like i feel like we're, we're looking for identity in the wrong way you know um and sometimes even for me like my identity is in the church but that's not where my identity is supposed to be it's in who christ says i am that i'm free that i'm the chains don't hold me down of my past or mistakes and i think so many of us find our identity in the wrong things even as believers which the irony of that is just is wild you know and we live in a generation who um who is hurt man who is broken who is so anxious, is so depressed, is so unsure of themselves because we're looking for the identity in the wrong thing. And that's what I loved about passion, and we'll talk about that later. But so many of the speakers 
touched a little bit on this every single time is we're finding our identity in the cell phone that we're holding yep. and we're affirming just like how many people are listening to my podcast yep. we're finding our affirmation in that or i'm how finding people are liking my instagram yeah podcast. man and we find our we find so much strength in that which is just not where it's supposed to be and but i get it man it's easy like we live in an affirm a needing of affirmation world that's where we're at right now and i think when we change our identity into who jesus says i am it gets a lot easier. And I think that's our problem. And I struggle with that all the time. Like for me, if like uh, our crowd is down for a Sunday, I'm like, well, shoot, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong last week? Or what did I sing wrong? Last? You know what I mean? Yeah. And even in a beautiful place like this, I'm finding my identity in the wrong places right. sometimes, you know? And for me, I think that's a huge thing is we're just looking for identity and we're looking for fulfillment in, in the places that we don't need to. Um, but, and that's what we're trying to do in call. Like last semester, we talked about the fruit of the spirit and finding peace and joy and hope and, um, in who Jesus is. And when we have those characteristics of the spirit that is filling us up, that's where we find it. We find peace through the spirit that God's given us, you know? Um, and it's hard, man. Like it's so hard when so many things are distracting us and are around us. Um, but when we start training our mind and allowing the spirit to lead the way, I think our identity process gets a little bit easier if that makes sense yeah um, yeah um I think our generation is super independent and we have been taught to uh be our own person to we can do everything on our own right like I can handle myself I can do I've got it like this is what I need and I'm on a roll and I'm just gonna go and so I think um that is obviously not what the Bible talks about at all mm-hmm. and so that's why one of the biggest things that the call focuses on is community because we know that life is not meant to be spent alone, but that's all we've been taught is to just fend for yourself, right? And so, and again, at Passion, we saw this too. There's just something so cool that happens when you get a community of people together. Like, like 70,000 people. Yeah, yeah. like 70,000 people, which is so cool. But even smaller groups, you know, like Jesus only had 12, right? But when you get those people together and you do life together, you realize that your independence is so insufficient to like what you can do. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I struggle with that because I'm a very independent person. I don't like to depend on anyone else. I want to get it done myself. Uh, but I've been learning a lot that um, you need your people, right? And you need people to hold you accountable, to walk with you, to be able to love on you. Um, and this generation just, I think we've disregarded that completely. And so we need to go back to this idea of spending time in community and learning from that. There's this awesome book called Made for Friendship. Um, and he just talks about the biblical aspects of friendship and why they're needed um, and what they do to your life. And so it brings joy, right? Like Ty mm-hmm. was just talking about, it's the fruit of the spirit. Like this community brings joy and, and you have to have that in your life. So we're too independent. We're too really dependent on ourselves, if that even makes sense. But we are. And so we, we need to rely on those people around us. Yeah. I mean, that's been the hardest thing for Emily and I since we moved here because most of our friends from college, they don't live here anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of her good friends that, were, that lived here, they've moved on to elsewhere. So like I left my friend group in Evansville and moved down here. So it's like, yeah. we've been trying to get plugged into just like, you're right. Like we need community. Cause it's like, we'll, you know, we've, we've, when we hang out with friends, we notice how much more energy we have than yeah. when we're just like, yeah. at home. So like, that's the thing, like something like the call, I think it just, for people that maybe they don't, maybe they're more introverted. It's like, just come hang out. Yeah. Chill, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Absolutely. And, and for me, man, like, I love being by myself. Like, I, it's so funny what God's yeah, called me to lot. do. And 
<laughs> yeah, because like sometimes I don't look forward to Monday, so I'm like, man, I gotta be around people for even more hours. And that's how I was. And I walk into school when I was a teacher, and I was like, 7:30 a.m. I'm like, there's 20 kids already lined oh. up outside my class. Yeah. I'm not even awake yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna need y'all to hush, okay? Yeah. yeah, man. And it's just, I've seen how God's grown me. And and part of my story, you know, I, I lost my dad about a year and a half ago, man. And it and it changed me drastically. And I think people close to me saw that change, like Cameron did, and Savannah may even have. Like it changed me, man. And it was it was a really hard time and I just wanted to isolate myself. And I was finding my identity in my loss instead of what God's blessed me with, you know? Um and and to seeing how God's pushed me in the past year and a half, like I like I feel like this ministry was like for me. Like I feel like God was like, I'm doing this for you because I know you gotta you gotta get yourself out of your shell. You gotta get yourself out of your brokenness and understand that there's broken people around you. But think about when you start coming together, when you start building each other up and growing together. And I I feel I've seen God heal me through this process because of people in my life, because I've had to come every other Monday and either lead people in worship when I felt broken or speak to people when I felt lost and, and seeing how God's just worked, man, it's, it's beautiful. And life, like you said, life is not supposed to be in alone. I mean, read Acts. I mean, that's where God built the church and we've seen him move in that, in that book. And he's, um, he wants us to do life together because God knows. I mean, that's what I love about him. Like, and he's he's given us these rules and these guidelines because he knows who we are. He knows how we are, and he knows we need other people. And it's hard, man. That's what, like, I love being by myself, and it's just, it's been so good for me. Um, it's It wears me out, but, boy, it's been good. So You guys talked about passion, and that was – feels like it was a long time ago but really it was like three weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, new, uh, for some reason new year's already feels like it was so far yeah, long yeah. ago but crazy. you guys i got to go there when i was like 20 years old um you guys have been there a couple times and it's it's probably even different than when i went you know i mean we when i went it was at phillips arena which i think is called something else now like state farm arena or something yeah, yeah. and the Georgia Dome was still around. We didn't even. It wasn't even big enough for them to start using the Georgia Dome until a couple of years later. Yeah. And now they're in the new Falcon Stadium, so it's probably an even bigger event than when I went. Um, I'll start with Camp because that was <laughs> yeah. Camp's, Camp's, Camp's the quietest one. But what a black sheep. What a like man. that type of an event. I mean, obviously you go there and you get like, I guess what people call a Jesus high. Yeah, which is yeah. not a bad thing. But you're trying to take what you guys got there and bring it back to Crossland, which I think is the goal. It, what kind of an impact did, in your own words, did something like Passion have? And how can we, obviously not to that grander scale, but how can we take that and bring that element of you know, passion in our worship, yeah. uh, just, a, a, just a fire for God? How can we bring that back to a community like Bowling Green and our church here? Yeah. Uh, Gosh, why you start with me? Because you're going to be cool. Because you know, it was, I noticed so. it was going to be a trend where it was going to go Tyler Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we got to break like, this. We gotta break it. Right. Let me just I here, love it. Talk, and then <laughs> Cam's like, ah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 I'm like, watching the audio. Make sure it works right. Yeah. Um, just going live. <laughs> we're interested in Cam's take here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Man, so since I didn't really answer the last question, I'll kind of answer that along with this question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that our generation struggles with is being rushed and constantly looking through social media and saying if you're not doing this you're not constantly staying busy you're not constantly pushing yourself you're not doing enough and we all get caught up in that of like oh my gosh if I'm not working 80 hours a week on top of doing school on top of spending time with friends on top of doing this then we're not doing it right we're so caught up in that and I mean 
I do it too, and like we're at Passion, and I'm the tech guy here, so I go to Passion, and of course there's screens everywhere, there's lights everywhere, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. How are they doing this? How could we do this? You know, and just my mindset's so set on what can we do more? How can we push this? How are they pulling this off? That I'm not paying attention to what's going on there, right. and I think it was the second day. Uh, Christine Kane was talking. Ooh, such a good speaker. Completely, mm. like, aside from what her whole sermon was about, she sat there and she said, don't be so distracted that you miss the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where God just kind of straight up punched me in the face and said, what are you doing here if you're going to be so distracted that you're missing the miracle of 65,000 people in the yeah. same room just worshiping and learning about God? And that was a big moment for me to say, you know what, that's a huge miracle in that situation, but there's so many times throughout our whole lives that there's little miracles that happen every day that we're so distracted looking through our phone, what's the next thing that we can do, whatever, um, that we just stay so distracted that we miss the opportunities around us to either be the miracle or to see the miracle. Um, So for me, that's, you know, that's kind of my thing is, can I come back here and say, you know what, I'm going to be... I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live like Christ all the time, not just so focused on what I can do more and stay busy and all that stuff. But how can I – that's how I'm going to take that back and say, look, you know, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be here for those around me in this community that we're – you know, we're building this community. I have to be here in that. I can't say, hey, come be a part of this community and then sit here and, you know, mm-hmm. scroll through my phone and think about what's next, yeah. you know, to be present in that. Just to try to bring that mentality back. Um, because I have a bunch of friends that we just, we sat down a couple weeks ago before Passion even, and every single one of them said, "I'm so busy and even when I have time off, I don't feel like I have time off because I'm I'm pushing." And yeah. you know, we had a big talk about like what can we do to change that. Yeah, so. yeah I mean that's mm. like a big. I like I was thinking for, like I wanted to do this podcast for months and I could not think of a name for the podcast at all. Yeah. And for somebody, I was listening to some song. It wasn't even a Christian song, and I was like, this idea of like not being in a hurry mm-hmm. came to my mind, and then. This fall, um, like Jefferson Bethke, who's one of the my favorite authors, yeah. John Mark Comer, who's probably my favorite author, mm-hmm. and then uh, Emily Lay and Rebecca Lyons, all four of those authors put out books that all had to do with the topic of not being in a hustle or yeah. not being in a hurry. Yeah. Mm. And it's there's there's so much content out there now that's like, you know, four years ago it was like, rush, 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 yeah. do as much as you can, yeah. produce, 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 and now it's like, okay, now we're so burnt out, we've got to take a step back. And just chill. So I, I, I thought it was great that you said it because it's like that for our generation. Think about the comparison aspect that we feel on social yeah. media. I mean, I'm so guilty of that. I've been talking to my mm-hmm. wife about that for weeks now. Like, I just I, it's easy to compare yourself and be like, man, this person's doing X, Y, and Z. I've got to keep up with that. Yeah. You know, like the, the idea of keeping up with the Joneses, where you buy you buy something that you don't necessarily need. I think Greg was talking about that on Sunday, actually. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we're in we're in the same mindset where you see. Oh, my friends paid off their student loan debt. They just bought a house. They just bought a car. They just did X, Y, and Z. I've got to do that, and I've got to tell everybody that I did it. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's not what God's calling us to do. And that's not that's not like us chasing after the heart of God. At least that's what I've found. So yeah. not to not to go off on a side there because I do want to stick on the passion t- aspect of it. But like that is so so good that yeah. that's like something that you were able to grab from that because I think it's so pertinent to our society. What, what about you guys? What did you guys learn from passion that you guys want to? <laughs> I guess how do you, I guess the question was how do you take what you learned at Passion and bring, bring it here? Back, yeah, yeah. Um, and I talked about this on a Sunday. I think right when I got back, yeah. and because I just felt convicted, man, I was in the moment. And, and Passion is yeah, incredible. You have all these screens and this 
epic technology and I was just yeah kind of doing what Cam was doing man I'm like well what how can I do this at home or what can I do at home to to bring this same feeling this same energy and yeah in that moment um God convicted me he was like well Tyler that same spirit in this room is in your church I mean, my spirit is the same no matter where it's at. Mm. You know, that same resurrection power that lives in you is in this huge dome, but it's also in your church back home. And um, I felt God just saying that, just, man, usher in my spirit, usher in my presence. It's the same presence. It's the same energy. It's the same God is is in this place that is with you and is with you when you're leading worship with your people. And um, I think sometimes in life we just got to be content and understand that man like God is moving and he's working and um take this as motivation and energy not as comparison from this place you know um and that's what I really felt God saying was just just get in tune with my spirit and get in tune with my presence and watch me move and that's what I felt like God is is doing for us and that's why I want to challenge us as a church of every time you walk through these doors ask God to usher in his presence like again he can move he doesn't need us for that. Um, he uses us, but he can move no matter what. But think about where we get in the spiritual place. Think about where we get in the headspace. If I'm saying, God, I want to usher in your presence in this place today. And it just gets us where we need to be. And I think we've seen the evidence of that in our worship. I feel like, uh, for us as a team, especially as a worship team, I felt like we've, we really are ushering in the presence of the Lord. And I feel like the, the band is even leading from a different place. I think that's where it starts. Like, cause I can't not expect my congregation to, to go someplace I'm not willing to go right, or I'm yeah. not willing to lead them, you know? Um, but I think just, yeah, for me, it's just bringing in that same spirit back, which has just been huge for me in my worship experience, uh, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, this is my first time at passion. Um, and like Tyler, I'm an introvert and the crowd was huge. So I, I would never have guessed y'all to be introverts. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm a closet Damn, I would introvert. Guess, he's quiet, but <laughs> and he's not the one who wants yeah. to be That's around so people. Yeah. It's so funny. He's a two man. Freaking two. Um, yeah. So I had a little bit of anxiety going into it. Um, just with like planning the trip and like kind of being mom to the whole group of like making sure everyone's okay. And Greg actually stopped me and this kind of set the tone for the rest of the trip. But before he left. Greg said, um, when you get there and everyone gets there safely and you're walking into the doors of, of Mercedes Benz, he said, I want you to drop the mom hat and I want you to experience it. And it's kind of like what Cam and a little bit what Tyler said, but I just kind of put everything down and was like, I'm here. Like, we're going to learn. We're going to take it in. I'm going to be a sponge and I'm just going to see what God does and speaks to me um, while we're there. And so I took away this idea of, and it's a lot what Tyler said, but man, like that spirit is going to go everywhere with us. And so 2020, man, I want one look into what he's doing of his kingdom, of his glory, just to see what he's doing. And so kind of my whole takeaway from it was, again, like I'm a big social media person, not ashamed of it, love it, think it's great, can be used in great ways, but to put down the phone and like open his word. Yeah. And like, how am I going to learn, take what these speakers taught, what we sang, there were some awesome songs, with great lyrics, like how can I apply that to my life and not just listen to it. Like, I got to take it away and do something with it. And so um, I got home and I started reading uh, Ragamuffin Gospel, which is a great book. And um, he talks in that book, he says, the verse Psalm in Psalm, it says, be still and know. Uh, that word know really means to experience. And so I'm not just going to sit and know. I can't know anything until I experience it. So I'm going to experience yeah. his kingdom and I'm going to experience his glory this year. And I really want to try to to do that, to sit, to, to step back and not look at everything. You know, like Cameron said, man, my first thing when I got there was like, all right, how are we going to do all this? What's the next video Dean and I are going to make? Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to 
vamp up social media to look super cool like passion is and how do they get that font and man my mind was racing and it wasn't really until the second day I think we all were just kind of like it doesn't matter like what yeah. we're, I mean it does matter what we're going to take back but like don't try to rush what I'm trying to teach you right now and so experience is the my biggest takeaway I want to experience everything like I sat in an arena with 70,000 people and watched I want to sit in this church and I want to watch people be changed yeah. and so it's just all about the experience for me. And, and there are elements that go along with that. You know, like, we are so passionate about what we do. Uh, we put a lot of work and effort into it because we know that if, if it's a closer look at Christ for somebody else, we'll go that extra step, you know? Yeah. And so we make crazy videos and stay up all night doing crazy things. Cam spends hours working on a mic so that it works. Or Tyler's sitting there, you know, fixing everything until last minute because we know um, – that if it's gonna bring people closer to Jesus, it's worth yeah. their experience is worth our effort. So, I do think that there is a lot of comfort that almost every episode I've done in this podcast, I've talked to people about this same topic of how we all feel rushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and most of the people that I have talked to have been around our our age, and I think there's a lot of comfort in knowing that so many people in our generation are kind of to the point where like we're so over that performance driven mentality yeah. now yeah. whether we actually live out being worn out by it is yeah. one thing yeah. but we're at least acknowledging like that really is exhausting yeah and it's it's getting difficult to maintain that life which you know i think everybody feels that way. it's like man i've you know i'm, I'm sitting here i'm doing this podcast i look at all these other podcasters i'm like what are they doing what equipment are they using yeah just like y'all do. i'm like what like i'm not even an audio guy i really don't know a whole lot i just like i'm more of an ideas guy and i'm more of a content guy but i'm like you know i want the audio quality to sound good i want it to be presented well mm-hmm. so i'm like man like i'm looking at what all these other people do and i'm like comparing my success to theirs yeah and it's like that's taking the joy out of what i'm doing and that's true i think of any creative or god-given ability that we have i mean you know say that you guys are singing on sundays and you know maybe you guys notice something that happens musically that other people wouldn't notice and you're mm-hmm. like man that song would have been great if we wouldn't have missed this riff or missed yeah. whatever you know but it's like that, that's just how we are, how we're wired. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of transitioning. How how do we how do we fully remove ourselves from that mindset of performance driven, critical of our own selves type of mindset? I mean, loaded that, question. I yeah, know. man. Well, and again, I think it comes back to identity. Our identity has to stop being in our performance. It has to stop being in our success. And um, and you know that old saying of you know you can sleep when you're dead. No, like God holds the Sabbath very, very close to His yeah, heart. Yeah, rest. You know now. what I mean? And yeah. rest. And yeah. um, and something that I had to do to make myself rest is like I'll take one day a week and I'll just turn my phone off. Like I won't reply to messages. I won't talk to anybody. You know, um, because God takes our rest so seriously. You know. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to find joy through our rest and through um, our mental health and our physical health to to not be so caught up in our performance that we're forgetting those things. Like for me, man, like December and January was super busy for us. We had huge services. We had passion. We had big Christmas Eve service. And I'm over here walking around with walking pneumonia. I mean, I, and I got very sick. I mean, I was having night sweats. I was coughing all the time. I mean, it was awful, and it was because I was so worried about my performance that I wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. And I felt like it was a huge wake-up call for me of God saying, Tal, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like, I want you to be successful. He wants to bless us. He wants to see the benefits that we reap in our lives because of hard work that we put in. But we have to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually, I think, to do those things well. You know, because yeah. I think those just roll over into our lives where if I'm not so caught up in, in my success, 
that that I can rest, I think I become more successful. It's the irony of that, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's it's finding that time to rest and work on yourself. And mental health is such a huge thing for us, to, you know, today because of where we are in our lives. And I think when you take care of yourself, God takes care of the rest. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just what He does. And um, and I think He takes joy in our rest. You know, I mean, not just sitting around not doing anything all day long, but it's just it's resting and taking time and removing yourself from your life. For me, some of my best ideas that I think of come mm-hmm. on my off days because I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. And God will be like, well, hey, let me reward you with this idea because yeah. you're resting, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, and that's kind of where the Christmas idea that we did came. I was just resting finally one day, and I was like, well, what well, what if we did this, you know? And then, you know, they ran with it, and it was something beautiful. But I think there's just something incredible about finding rest, no matter what it looks like for you. Yeah. Um, I think especially we've been talking, you know, this generation is – there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of, you know, because we're in this hurry, the future is, like, right in front of us. And so we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, but I think we're looking to a lot of different things. You know, Tosh been talking about identity. But we go to these self-help books. We go to all this. We want to grab all this content, right? And we want to put it in front of and read and be like, all right, how am I going to be better? Um, and I had this revelation while I was in college. But I was reading a book, and the Lord was literally like, close the book and open up the word. Yeah. Like you got to close those things that other people are saying and you have to just open up what I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the experience of like, you got to experience what he's asking you in order for you to know anything. And so, man, it's, it's taking yourself out of that. You know, like sometimes we'll even go back in the green room and it's like, man, did you hear when I did that? And it's like, no one else did, you know, like no one else heard, you yeah, know, yeah. that crazy thing. And so why am I not just in that worship experience? Um, you know, or just looking, watching other people. One of my favorite things to do is watch, watch other people worship. I spent most of passion not singing because I wanted to hear everyone else. Yeah. You know, because it's so cool to to just hear and, and know that the Lord is working in other people. So you got to put down all that. All that stuff is great. You know, it's so good to read and understand yourself and gain knowledge of, about how to better yourself and all that. But you got to just put it away. Sometimes take a day, whatever that is, and just open up the word and just soak all that in so I think I become so I want to gain 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 knowledge that that turns into performance of like okay now how can I spit it out and be great at speaking or be great at whatever it is and it's like just it doesn't matter you know just experience what the Lord is asking you to experience and just open up his word and let that flow so <laughs> Cam's turn you got it, Cam. <laughs> man um a big thing for me is yeah, we're so performance-based, you know, this generation of, you know, big concerts and big shows, and we get the mentality of, you know, we're performing for other people, um, and that that bleeds into church. As much as you would say, as you want to say, no, we don't have that mentality, you yeah. know, we're just up here worshiping. It's so easy for us to fall into the mentality of we're performing for other people, we're performing on the stage, we have to be perfect, we have to be flawless, whatever it might be, um, and... It was like Sav said, or they said, you know, if you take a moment to rest and you know open the Word, God's going to show you something. And a while back, um, I was I was trying to start a little side hustle, and I was trying to think of a name for this company that I was going to come up with. And I was just like, I was reading through the Bible one day, and got to I was reading in Luke, and Luke nineteen forty literally said, "There's people are are worshiping everything," and Jesus helps us are like, "What you?" Jesus, you have to stop them. Why, this is, they're being disrespectful right now. God literally says, 
know if they are quiet, the rocks will cry out. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, it sounds like, oh, then, you know, he doesn't need us. Exactly. God doesn't need us to do this. God doesn't need us to perform, to worship for him. The earth does it, mm-hmm. but he loves us to be able to to worship him and to sing and to praise him. And that was a big thing for me was, you know, it's not a performance that God needs. He doesn't need us to do this, but he wants us to do this. And we have, it's an opportunity for us to do this. And just to get in the mindset of it's not a performance, it's worshiping. And you're just building that relationship with him. And, you know, I tell people all the time, too, is, you know, we're talking about, like, we'll walk off stage and get in the green room and say, did you hear that? Oh, my gosh, I missed this or whatever. And we get so much of that mentality where we look out and there's somebody standing there. It looks like they're staring at the wall, not caring. And it's funny. God <laughs> God usually kicks us in the butt in those times. And those are the times that we're like, oh, that was so bad. That was so rough. Every time somebody comes up to us and says, that was the best worship yeah, experience yeah. I've ever had in my life. That was so good. And we're like, where you the heck You watched the wrong you? service. Like, yeah. what, what, Did you watch online today? Yeah, what church were you at just now? And that's just God saying, look, I don't need you. I don't need you to be perfect. I don't need you to perform. You know, just be there and have the right mentality. Just get your heart right. Yeah. And let me do the rest of it. I got you. I'm sure you guys have noticed an aspect of this, too. I know, like, with, with just this podcast – I have no idea, really. I, I can tell how many people listen. I have no idea who listens. And on top of that, I have no idea what kind of an impact this makes on people. Yeah. And I feel like for you guys at worship, it's the same thing. Like, you, you know, you're, you're having all these things like, man, I noticed this little thing, this little thing here. But it's like you don't know that somebody's going to think, man, that was the best worship experience I yeah. ever had. You know, well, it's, and you were talking about numbers earlier, and we've seen this with the call, too. You get really discouraged by numbers, you know, like discouraged by attendance loss or if it's on social media, your following's down or no one's really liking your stuff or for you listen to podcasts. But um, we have a really great friend, Tyler Bowling, that has kind of slapped us in the face and it's like, listen, if it's only for 75, it's only for 75. Yeah. Like, those people are coming because – the Lord is speaking to them in some way. Yeah. So you can't you can't get caught up in that, you know? Like if it's on a Sunday morning and only one person raised their hand, who are we to judge how they're worshiping, right? Like this that person that was staring at the wall is the one that comes up and tells Cameron, man, that was the greatest service I've ever been to. And you're like, what the heck? You know, yeah. like how does that even work? But again, <laughs> we just get so caught up in in the after, the ripple effect of it all, you know? And it's like, man, a small or big ripple, it doesn't matter. You still had an impact no matter what, you know? So you can't get caught up in that, but mm-hmm. that's hard for me, especially because you want to see, you want to see what the Lord does not promise that you'll see any fruit. He, you just know that it's there, mm-hmm. you know? So what do you guys see is kind of shifting gears here, but think about specifically our community here in Bowling Green. What do you see God doing in this community, not just with our age group, but in general? Because I, I just, you know, this is where Emily's family's from. We've all, we, It's kind of like it's been a second home to me since I've been in college. Mm-hmm. So I've always... there's always a I don't know how to put a finger to it there's a different feeling for me here than I even got in in Evansville which is a bigger town I just it feels like not that there's more spirit here than there was in Evansville it just is like I don't know how to put a a finger to it but there's like I can tell there's something going on here and I guess for you guys that that work more directly in ministry and you see more than I do I mean what do you guys see God doing in this town man I think I think it all stems from the leadership that is leading number one our churches 
and our campus ministries because like campus ministries are awesome. That's why we didn't want another college ministry. I mean, you have Young Life, you have Crew, you have, um, I mean, all these different yeah, things that. going on. Yeah, yeah. You, and they have incredible leaders, and I, you're seeing the ripple effect in that with people in their lives. You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's a lot of young people who are moving to Bowling Green. I mean, me and my wife are from Glasgow, and it's just, I feel the same way. There's a there's a huge difference yeah. culturally and spiritually in just 30 minutes. And I think it stems from the leadership. And I think that's what we can really be proud of for people. And I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a part of campus ministry, thanks for what you do. Like you're making a huge effect. Like Nick Dorsey with Young Life mm-hmm. is making a huge effect in people's lives. Right, yeah. And and I think that's what it is, man. I think the people who are leading these ministries and leading these churches and working at churches are just, are killing it, man. And they're like, my generation, we're going to change it. The generation below me, we're going to change it. And we're seeing that effect, I think. And it's because people our age group are, are finally not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and are not afraid to say, I am a believer in Jesus. I am free through him, and I'm going to worship my socks off, no matter what that looks like. Maybe it's through a podcast. Yeah. Maybe it's through singing. Maybe it's through serving in my community. I mean, and I think that's what's happening, man. I think people are finally grabbing the, the bull by the horns and being like, man, we're going to change this generation, and we're going to do whatever it takes. And you're seeing the passion, I think, in that through all kinds of ministries all throughout Bowling Green and all throughout different churches. I mean, I know a lot of guys that work at different churches regionally, and they're incredible people, and they care about the hearts. They don't care about where you're going. And I think that's what our mindset is, too. Like, even with the call, I don't care where you're at on Sundays. I want you here because I want you to be in our ministries and be involved in our church, but I don't give a rip where you are because I know you're serving somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I love that, and I love what finally our people are doing. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're seeing people finally standing up for what they believe in and taking charge of that in their lives. Yeah. I think Bowling Green in general is just a people that come together. Like even with the call, we've noticed um, worship leaders from other churches will come for rest, cool. for yeah. a place to, to, you know, find community because they're like us. They're busy on Sunday morning, and so they don't get a chance to just kind of like step back and, and kind of worship and get fed. And so – but Bowling Green, to me, any and everywhere you go, whether it is a campus ministry, another church, you're sitting at a coffee shop, you're mm-hmm. anywhere you go, it's community. Like, people want to be with people. And there is not another town like it. Like, I, for so long, wanted to move elsewhere. I almost dropped out of college to move to Atlanta because I was like, I'm out of Bowling Green. Like, this is just not it. And Are you from like, here? Are you from Bowling Green? No, I'm from Northern Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, so I moved here for college, but I was like, this will just be a four-year gig, and, and I'll get out. And, you know, the Lord obviously was like, funny story. Hmm. You're here You've been forever. going nowhere. <laughs> um, so, but it, but it really is, you know, my mom says the same thing. I mean, she comes, and she's like, it's just different here. Like, it is different. And we are community. Like, this this town is a community. You're, you're going to love on everyone no matter what, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. so they gather together well. They love each other well. And so – you just get this feeling of it's really cliche, but home, you know, I think yeah. anyone that visits, we've had people visit church and it's like, just felt like I was at home and I, this is my first Sunday, you know, and it's yeah. just, that's what we want, you yeah. know, we, it, that's what Bowling Green is. So I think that, that's one of the things that made it easier for Emily and I to move here because I mean, it's, it's hard enough to move to a new town, but for us it was easy because her family's here. Yeah. We already yeah. had a pretty established church home. And I mean, there was never any discussion that we would go to church anywhere else. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. kind of like great. Like, honestly, it was like, we're moving to Bowling Green. Now we get to go to Crossland all the time. Not yeah. that I didn't love my church back home, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. like we get to go to Crossland all the time now, which is great because we have so many friends here. And obviously Greg married us and yeah. all that. But 
uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally, like, you can just tell there's something different. Cam, what yeah. about you? What have you noticed yeah. God doing in this community? Local guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Are you born and raised here? Uh, no, I, I mean, at this point, yeah, I spent over half my life in Bowling Green, so I guess so. But yes. uh, from this area, but yeah, I mean, I agree with what they say. It's just one of those, it's definitely community and family driven here. Um, and I've, I've heard multiple people say, like, Bowling Green is not the city that you move to because it's the next big thing. It's the it's the city that you come back to. Mm. Yeah. Um, so many because so many people are like, oh, I'm gonna go to Nashville. I'm gonna go to Atlanta. I'm gonna go to California. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, Russellville, oh, way too Texas. Yeah. 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 Texas. Okay. Oh wow. Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> but they want to they want to move to these big cities. It's the big and happening. Everything's going on. Um, but when it comes down to it they're missing that family, that community that, yeah. that's here. Yeah. And they say, you know what, this was awesome, this was fun for the year that I lived here, but it's it's time to go home because, like you said, it just feels like mm-hmm. family and community here. It's not, <clears throat> you know, it's a bigger city, it's growing, but we're not at that point where, you know, we're just trying to, we're just on the go 24-7, yeah. you know. I always say that I, I feel like a lot of the good culture from Nashville has made its way up to Bowling yeah, Green. I think it's a really good point. Like, yeah. like yeah. there's so many good. Like Emily, we, Emily and I were out to dinner last night, and she said, "What is your, what is your, one of your favorite things that you've enjoyed about Bowling Green so far?" And I said, "The food. Like, there's so many good places to eat here. Yeah. And that's this very small thing, but like, I always tell my friends this. I'm like, Bowling Green seems to be moving at even just a faster pace than Evansville. Evansville is about double the size of Bowling yeah. Green. Yeah. And I'm like, Bowling Green just seems to be moving at a faster pace. And I, I don't know if that's because there's a big, huge college with a bunch of young people, or that we're an hour away from Nashville, which obviously a lot of people are moving to. But it just seems like there's it's it's not a big city, but it's different and yeah. it's cool. Like it, I just I've really enjoyed the vibe that from Bowling Green, even just since like I graduated college here in 2012, and eight years later, it's even different than it was when I. Yeah. I mean, there's still things, a lot yeah. things that are a lot of, you know a lot of things that are still the same, but the culture itself is I think different, and I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I'm saying like young people rule, but like, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's cool for us to be like in a town where I feel like there is a much more of a, like, I don't want to say progressive vibe, but like when I compare my hometown, I mean, it's just a lot of people are very set in their ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just one, it just felt stale. Whereas yeah. here, it's like, man, like we've got a lot of momentum that's just like, both faith-wise and just culturally, yeah. which I think is really well, cool. Well, and that speaks on the older generation, that they're not afraid of change. They're yeah. embracing it yeah. and exactly. they want yeah. it. And when you get people like Savannah who are innovative and creative who moved here from somewhere and they stay. And I think that's what you see. And you're seeing a lot of Nashville pour over yeah. of these innovative, creative, progressive-ish thinking people yeah. who are not afraid to stay here. I'm like, well, I'm going to start a business here or I'm going to yeah. do something here yeah. and I'm going to put my roots in here. And, and that's why me and Dana moved here. Like, I mean, Glasgow is a great place to live. Um, but it's not progressive in the way that it needs to be. And that's why we're like, man, we're not going to move back there. We're not going to raise our family there. Like, we're yeah. in Bowling Green. Like, this is home. And yeah. it felt home so fast. Like you said, like, you just – you feel comfortable quick. And and I think that's why people want the communities. Like, well, this feels like home. Well, I need friends. Like, I need, I need yeah. community in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this is home, that's what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. And yeah. it's just – it's cool, man. And I think, I think Bowling Green – 
it's I really feel like we're just getting started. I really, really do spiritually and, you know, um, what God's going to do here. Man, well, I, I love it. We're staying because it makes it hard to leave, right? Like when you do feel that. If it's you like are... Hotel California, but like in a good way. <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. You want to stay here there, spiritually. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but like really, Christian it does version. like I, I had multiple job offers to Atlanta. And the one reason I stayed was because of my people, like my friends. I said, I can't leave them. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. And I know the Lord calls you to other things. And so you need to obey and go. And he asked you to do hard things. But. I think the Lord is telling me, I'm trying to show you what I've given you here. Why are you trying to leave it? You know? And so I think when people do get that, they find that in Bowling Green, which most people do, they just can't leave it. So that's why they're staying. That's refreshing because there's so many people in our age group that they are so prone to, like, I've got a job. Now how can I perform well here to set up myself for another job? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. When I worked in journalism, I realized, and I'm so thankful that the Lord opened my eyes to this because my first job out of college was in Owensboro. Yeah. And in my eyes, I was going to work in Owensboro for a year or two, work my way up to a big market, eventually be in like, you know, New York or somewhere, yeah. some big city. Well, my first year in Owensboro, I realized I don't have any friends here. I don't have any community. And it's really hard for me to develop it here. Like, I don't want to just have to move out every two years to like work my way up. And, some yeah, man. and so like the Lord was like, you know, fortunately I was able to get a job back in my hometown and that led to me ended up being a teacher and all that kind of stuff. And like, I'm just so glad that like the Lord opened my eyes. Like you don't need to be trying to work your way up, going here, going there. I mean, be like, be where I put you. Yeah. And when I was 22, 23 years old, that was really hard concept for me to grasp at that time because I just wasn't as strong in my faith where I was like, you know, I, I'm still thinking about what can I do for myself? Cause journalism is a very self, uh, self-fulfilling type of yeah, industry man. where it's kind of like look at what i produce look at what i can do me 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 and i like this is not me at all like i mm-hmm. can't do this for the rest of my life so it's just re- it's refreshing to hear that like y'all are saying like we're here in bowling green like i know it's not nashville i know it's not yeah. dallas atlanta but this is where god's calling us to be and this is where we want to be yeah. which i think is a really cool thing mm-hmm. well it's all about changing what are your priorities yeah. like it's got to stop being what's next what's next and that that thinking cuz we are that way and we get that way and then starting realizing well let me let me pray for where god wants me to be and he'll take care of everything else that's what he's done i mean think about all the stories in the bible i mean i'm we're we're talking about numbers in um, in the call for this semester, talking about God's faithfulness to the, you know, to the Israelites and through their forty years of wandering in the desert, and even those people, like God, took them out of captivity in Egypt, like He took them out of slavery for over four hundred years, and even through that, they were like, "Well, God, thanks for this, but like, what's next? What else you got?" Yeah. We have like we, I feel like we all struggle with short term memory loss sometimes, yeah. you know, and then we forget that you know God is moving and missing the tiny miracles, like Cameron said, yeah. you know, and God moves every day. Sometimes you just gotta close your mouth and open up your heart and listen to what he's doing. Yeah. You know, I always like to ask my guests this before we end. What are you, I guess each of you guys individually, what are you learning about God lately? Or if you kind of think back to a season of your life, like for maybe Tyler, like when your father died until mm-hmm. now, like what have you learned about God since then? Kind of just think about, you know, what's like a, a benchmark that you can kind of point to that you notice a change and what have you learned about God from that point till now? Cameron, you go first. <laughs> what? Why do I got to go first for this? Because, man, you've been killing over it. Just being patient and waiting. And also, Savannah talked about moving to Atlanta because she just want to talk about all the job offers. That she gets. I know. I, I, man, I got 18 Humble job brat. offers. Humble so I got this, like, six-figure job offer. I just, the Los like, Angeles you know Lakers offered me a job in Atlanta. It's no, hit right here. <laughs> yeah. 
So, All right, sorry, I'm go ahead, Ken. Later because people are texting me for job offers. Like, <laughs> I got to go, man. I guess I'll figure Steam out. Steam Furtick, I cannot take your job, actually, okay? Actually, yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a call. I got a yeah. New York Times sorry, keeps calling me. I can't actually come right now. Oh, uh, I've been crazy. busy. Um, man, no, one thing that, I mean, God's constantly talking to me, and it's funny that we're sitting here talking about all of this stuff. Like, I'm one of those people that I'm always, like, I, I never feel like I'm doing as much as I could be doing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm doing, I'm not doing enough, or what is the next step? Where should I be? Am I actually in the right spot right now? Is, you know, I Tyler, you know, Tyler joked about it. Is Bowling Green where I'm supposed to be? I'm supposed to be somewhere else. There have been a couple times where I thought, no, I'm going to go somewhere else or whatever. And God's always just been like, look, just trust me. You know, I've got this. I have a plan for you that's a billion times better than anything that you're thinking of right now. <laughs> If you can just trust me, mm-hmm. and you know it's one of those things where at the moment, like, yeah, dude, I got you, I trust you, but what am I supposed to do next? Like, let yeah. me know. And I get so caught up in that all the time. And but there's always times where God's like, just stop and think about it. Think about your life. And if I do that, and I sit down and look back, and there, I mean, I could name you so many very specific moments um, that are random conversations that I shouldn't remember, but that changed the outcome of what direction my life would have taken. And God says, I was in that moment. Um, I mean, I remember to this day, I think I was probably nine or 10. I remember what room I was sitting in with my mom and I played soccer when I was younger and soccer was my life. You know, that's all I did. And then one day I was like, I want to learn an instrument, I think. And my mom said, well, you either get to play soccer or you get to learn how to play an instrument like you don't get both and little 19 year old me who should have wanted to play outside all day was like yeah screw soccer i want to play guitar (laughs) that shouldn't have happened you know and then but god's like look that moment right there got you to where you are and i can go back over the years and say that and it's just that's something that god that you would think would be easier for me because i can see those moments but god's constantly having to say look like don't worry about what your plan is or where you think you should be right now. He's like, I've got you right where you are, right where you need to be in this moment to set you up for that next thing. Yeah. And that time's going to come when you're ready, when when I know that you're ready and it's on my time, not yours. So that's just one thing that, you know, he's really taught me too. And especially like we talked about this generation, we all want to keep moving and keep pushing and doing the next thing. But, you know, God just says, look, sit back and rest. I got this. Um, but also to not be complacent in that. We can't just say, you know, I'm going to sit here and do nothing and God's going to open up every door for me and move me where I want to, just pick me up and plant me somewhere um, to find that balance of, you know, let me do all that I can, but do it where I am right now until God says, look, it's time to move on. It's yeah. time to go to that next step. Yeah, mm, That's good. Well, because contentment and complacement are two totally yes. different things. Yeah, And that's so good, Ken. That's so good. What about you guys? What is God teaching you? All right, we'll see. <laughs> what happened? He's like, this is why you don't let me go first. Yeah. I give it the best. That's great, man. That was good. I think we're all glad, Cam, that you stuck around, pal. Um, I think, yeah, it's kind of touching back on kind of the past year of my life. It's kind of been a roller coaster, and um, and I think for me, what God's teaching me is that you know things happen in our life. Bad things happen in our life, and 
we want to blame God, but we're in a broken, sinful world. And that's just, that's the world that we live in. So things are going to happen whether we want them to or not, you know. Because um, people always wonder, well, why, you know, why are there homeless people? Why are there orphans? Why? Because we live in a broken, sinful world. And that's where we're at. But what I love about God is he can make those things work for the good of his people. And the conversations that I've been able to have with people over the past year and a half, because I lost my dad. And again, God didn't be like, you know, I'm going to make this happen. Or, you know what I mean? But... Look how he's worked it out for the good of, of friendships that I've been able to develop. Or there's been people who've come up to me at the call and been like, man, I've had the same thing happen. I just lost my dad. And how are you doing this? How are you up there talking? And, um, and I love that's what, and I feel like that's just the way that God works is he shows little miracles because for me, I wouldn't be sitting here right now without the power of the spirit in my life. There's no way, there's no way I could get up here and do what I do, but it's a miracle of God that look, because of God, because of his power in me, I can have this conversation with you confidently that, look, it's going to work out for the good of his people. And trust his plan. Trust what's going to happen. Trust the situations he's going to put you in because of your hurt. And that's the way that God works, you know, and I've seen that. And I think for me it's trusting that, you know, God's going to work it out. Trust his plan, but take advantage of those moments that he gives you. You know what I mean? Um, Because it's the power of our testimony, and it's the power of the purification in our lives and the sanctification in our lives that God does through us that um, allows us to have effects on people and allows us to change the course of other people's lives. Like conversation that Cam's can point out in his life, and I can think of the same conversations I've had with people of, okay, God, I, I see how you're working out for good. You're working out my brokenness for the good of somebody else. And I'll, and it's worth it every time. You know what I mean? It's worth it if you can have the effect on someone else. And I think that's where God is just teaching me uh, just how use your brokenness, use your hurt, use what you've been through to help other people. Um, because I've given you a powerful place, a powerful platform to be on. And don't take that for granted, you know. And I think that's, that's where I am is being – Content, Because there was a time where, you know, kind of the same way when I first started working here. And I was like, well, man, this is going to be great. And then I'll be a worship pastor at some huge church somewhere else or do these things. And it's just like, man, God's put you here for a reason. Yeah. Be content and, and use every single avenue that he gives you and use it for his good, not for yours. And um, it's been really cool when I've given it up and let him wor- run the, you know, run the show. It's It's been really cool to see how he's moved and worked. Yeah. So. Um, so I think I could probably like pinpoint little lessons or things I've learned from different phases of life, but continually, and my parents got divorced when I was younger. So I quickly started running from everything that my parents were and how I could not be uh, who they are. Um, and so that turned into, I made, definitely made myself a victim of my parents' situation and been recently just learning that that is not the case that you know I'm not you know the Lord has put me in a family for a reason but um, he has written my story separately and so you know there's a different story for that but um, I quickly over time just grasped to friendship and the friendships that I had and kind of really um, latched on to those when I felt like my family wasn't giving me what I needed Um, and Probably when I came to college and, and still now to this day, even with the group of friends that I have now, um, the Lord has just forever been teaching me about deep friendship and what it means to have people in your life that are truly, truly, truly going to change, not change who you are because who you are is a bad person, but just bring what God has out, out of me. And so my biggest lesson, and I've spoke on this at the call, but um, the Lord just really wants you to find friends that are going to double your joy and half your sorrow all the time. And so my outlook on life 
for a long time has been who are those people in my life who am I going to surround myself with they're going to double my joy and half my sorrow every time um and that's the people I mean Cameron and Tyler too those people they will forever and always double my joy and half my sorrow and our group of friends that group that started the call um, are those people for me and so again I talked about earlier I'm just a super independent person like I want to do it myself I'll get it done I don't need your help um but people in my life have reminded me they reminded me listen what can I do to help you like we can do it and get it done together so um the Lord is just continually teaching me about the community he's put in my life and the importance they have and to not disregard that um but to use it and come together for a greater purpose it's it's not just about how I can be changed but how we can change other people together you know and so it's been really cool um Friendship is my favorite thing in the entire world, and I think it's the greatest honor to be called a friend, um, but also to be a friend to someone else. And so you get to watch other people change, and you get to love on other people, and it's so cool. And we get to do that just within our little circle, but now at the call, we get to do it with a bunch of other people too. So it's it's really cool to experience that. But yeah, friend, deep, deep friendship has been the biggest life lesson I've learned thus far. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this, for sharing yeah, your hearts. Man. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so excited for this new year that you guys, you know, for the call and what this church has in store for it and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. this is awesome. Thank Thanks you for so having much. us, man. Yeah. Loving your podcast. Keep it up. You touch a lot of people, so yeah. don't stop. Okay. Really, really cool. I'm so thankful for those guys and their friendship and grateful for what they're doing in our community and at our church and I told my wife earlier you know obviously we haven't been living in Bowling Green for very long but just very thankful that we already have a church home like Crossland that is engaging with the community and doing things like the call to make an impact for our community so seriously if you are an 18 to 30 something living in the Bowling Green area please come to the call tonight if you're listening to this on Monday tonight is the first night of the call for the new year so please make sure you get there you will not regret it it is such a great community of people we just get together hear some teaching worship just kind of build community and make friendships and so it's a really really great start to the week it's a great time to make some friends and build a community and just be around a bunch of other believers who um, are trying to do life the same way that you are and so if you live in this area and you have more questions reach out to me or i will also put the social media channels for savannah cameron and tyler as well as the call you can reach out to them if you've got any questions but 6 30 to 8 p.m crossland community church be there for the call i would love to see you there but i hope you guys have a great week hope you find some time to slow down relax and not be in a hurry and we'll see you next week